Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 11, Episode 4. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm ASD. And the footballing world had some very, very sad news this week with the passing of Jimmy Greaves, one of the finest goal scorers and footballers to ever play the game. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to have ever seen him. He was a little bit before my time, but anybody that did ever see him live just holds him in a completely different level to anybody else. Um, Steve Perryman was he was on the pitch at half time against Chelsea and was asked, you know, tell us a little bit about him. And he just said he was a goal scorer. And like, if you look at the statistics, it is absolutely staggering the number of goals that he scored. Um, but a massive loss for Tottenham, for football. Obviously, all of our thoughts are with his friends and family. And it was such a shame, obviously, when that news broke. But what a, what a magnificent player he, he was. And like I said, that goal scoring record just, it looks like some of those records will just never, ever be beaten. He, he was that good. Well, his, his European record has only just been beaten by um, Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi. So, you know, just to sort of look at that in, in that context and considering how many more European games they play as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the Champions League was, is kind of now a league format and all the rest of it. I think the thing for me was I never I didn't ever see him play live either. But when you watch, there are two things and I know everybody said it in the last couple of days, but there are two things for me. One is you watch him and he glides somehow. And it's always that there's just a sort of there's some kind of gliding. And to be able to move in that way, strike the ball in the way that he 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 used to strike it with on those pitches with the weight of that ball is is unbelievable and you know I saw a great clip from Harry Redknapp as well saying oh yeah when I'm not going to do a Harry Redknapp um, yeah. accent sorry I was nearly did yeah. but I'm going to stop myself just saying that you know Jim before the game in his suit go to the loo have a crafty fag still in his suit he wouldn't warm up because that really wasn't for him. And they said it yesterday that they, he obviously didn't like training very much and that he'd put his kit on, shake his leg a little bit, shake his legs a few times before he went out and then go and score a hat-trick. Okay. So, you know, it's all the stuff. It's kind of, it's that sort of mythology of you like, of kind of, if you like, of kind of old-fashioned football. And he sort of epitomised it. Mm. But, you know was revered by a fo- any football fan regardless of club and I mm. think that's got something that says something and then also for people my age because I'm a little bit older than you both the thing that I really know him for was Saint and Greavesy you know as a little kid and as a football fan that was a thing on a Saturday afternoon I think it was ITV was to watch them bantering about football it's the precursor to all of this a precursor to what happened in, on Sky how those you know how the sort of the round table on sky all of those things was 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 down to them oh yeah i mean the stats are ridiculous um he's been 
the most seasons as top scorer in the English top flight. I think he's the highest scorer in um, top flight football. Yeah, with um, 357 goals in top flight football. Uh, just put that into perspective. There'll be a lot of professionals that play and have a good career that don't even play 357 games. Like, and he scored that many goals. It's absurd. Well, to put it in perspective, Shearer, who is, you know, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, played 559 matches. Greaves played 516, right? So Greaves played, you know, 43 less, fewer right. games. Shearer got 283 goals. Jimmy Greaves got 357 goals. Like, it, his stats are unbelievable. And, you know, he went to Chelsea, scored 124 goals in 157 appearances, nine in 12 appearances for AC Milan, 220 in 321. Like you say, a striker's good if they get one in two. He's mm-hmm. doing two in three. Just unbelievable. And it is... He's a bit of a for Gary like he's got a bit of a Gary Lineker thing, isn't he? Where people there's a lot of people who only saw his later stuff, his Saints and Greavesy videos, and because TV wasn't around as much, you haven't seen as much of his stuff as you you should have done, and so he he's a bit of a victim of the lack of coverage. But there's no I'm, I'd be it's a shame Mr. Letchford is none because I'm sure he he sings his praises as much as anyone else and yeah it's just but he was also you know he, he's been suffering recently as well isn't he so it's good he's at peace and he's at rest and his family can celebrate and see how much outpouring there is and how much Tottenham community there still is around the greats and how much respected they are because there's not many clubs with that as many legends as we've got certainly not the lot we played on you know the, the song they haven't got any history isn't a joke it, it, it's literal this is our history uh in front of us so it's, it's lovely to see and it reminds it's you of so, what um, tottenham is doesn't it so um it's so funny the way that like life and sport and that works that the week that we have chelsea as well yeah. you know it's just it's, that, yeah. it's very very strange how things like that happen and stuff like that happens more often than not doesn't it and i just thought like of all the weeks for us to have chelsea it just you know it's almost you know I yeah. guess although there are often links that you can make, but yeah, I think in this one particularly, I've, the other thing that I thought was nice was um, talking about how generous he was mm. in terms of you know like wanting to kind of be a mentor to Harry Kane, for example, and talk about other great goal scorers rather than sort of saying, oh well, you know, if I was around in this day, it would be a whole different thing. Because I think you know it can be difficult, I guess, for those really top class footballers from the 60s and 70s because of course there was a wage cap then they didn't have the the sorts of kind of adulation i suppose that that you have now um but also i think the other thing was to talk about the fact that he had this sense of humor which i think really came across in saint and greavesy because he was like the funny man and in saint john was slightly the sort of the straight man in that sense and i'm sure he had like a good line in after dinner speak speechings and stuff before obviously before mm. his his first stroke. Um, and I thought it was nice that that sort of came across a bit when they were talking about him yesterday. Yeah. I and mean, I thought it was um, great as well. And we'll obviously, we're going to move on and talk about the Chelsea game in a bit, but to see so many of the legends there as well um, at the game at half time and all of the tributes and that, that were put out on them on social media was, I thought it was fantastic. And I just think it shows like the impact that he had, not only at Spurs, but just sort of in English football, that there were tributes from players ex-players, supporters, you know, managers from, from clubs up and down the country. And it, like what you said, ASD, like, that's a real legend of the game that has that type of impact. Obviously, when, when players that have played for your club pass, often that club will obviously do stuff. But the fact that everybody was sort of talking about it and paying all the tributes, I think, just shows what a, what a brilliant 
player and man um, he must have been. And it's, you know, he's one of them players that I, you know, I wish I'd seen live because, like I said, everybody just says there was no striker like him. And it's like, I just, I feel quite envious about the people that were able to see him, you know, can compare him to these modern day greats of Ronaldo, Messi, Kane, you know, it's like, it must be unbelievable to have seen a player that good back then as well. You're right about that, actually. It makes me realise the the gay gooners, for example, they never, ever tweet anything nice to us, ever. Mm. Like, we're quite generous in the sense that it's all mm. about, you know, be, being for a common cause and all the rest of it. But Arsenal did a tweet and they, quote, tweeted it at us, which is, you know, so that, that yeah. goes to show the measure of the man as well. Yeah. Um, the talk of the legends, though, yesterday, they came in at the um, southeast corner, which is near where I sit, and it was Aussie, Mickey, Ledley... Um, Graham Roberts, uh, Paul Allen, Steve Perryman. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, Aussie, absolutely, like the, honestly, he's like the king. He comes mm. out, just waves like that, and everyone's just going wild. Aussie's just waving, like, hello, here I am. And then, and then they were brilliant, him and Mickey, particularly. They were right in there with the fans because loads of fans came to the south stand down the south stand and were taking pictures, selfies, and they were really up for it. Um, I think I could see Tony Stevens, who's the PR guy, head of PR, and uh, you could see him trying to get them to like do the next thing they were supposed to do, but yeah. they were having too much of a nice time yeah, yeah, having yeah. a chat to everybody, which is nice. Yeah, but I think that's your point, ASD. It's like we've got some great players who played for the club that still have a love and affinity for it, mm. and there's something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it was it was great. Like the tributes and that were fantastic, and obviously our. Uh, Thoughts on that are all with his his friends and family. Um, oh, and of game... course, well, 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 before we get on to the game, who did the interviews with the legends at halftime? Well, it was so great to see Paul Coit back, wasn't it? And he got a brilliant reception, absolutely brilliant. They they didn't even do unless I didn't hear it. But normally, like when you know when Paul was doing the halftime announcement, they'd say, "Please welcome Paul Coit." And he'd, but I don't even I didn't even hear his name. I just saw him go on the screen, and the whole ground. We're up cheering, clapping, chanting at him. It was amazing. Can we give a bit of context? For people who don't go to games, Paul Coit is on at halftime, every single halftime at Spurs, like come rain or, and I'm talking Europa League, FA, he's on the ground at halftime. And he usually. Since the deck chairs, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Since he brings on a guest. I used to love that. He does does an interview with White Hart Lane proper. He used to do an interview with someone and you couldn't under, you couldn't hear a word of it. It would, it would always be like he'd bring out, I don't know, a legend and he'd do a chat with them. And you couldn't really understand it because the, the, the sound quality was so loud. But he would always finish it off with and, you know, up the Spurs. And it was all it was brilliant. And he was part he was part of it as much as Seven Sisters, uh, as much as Tottenham High Road was. It, he was part of the experience of, of Tottenham. And abruptly, they just didn't invite him back for this year and so that's been really sad and he got to do the halftime uh, which I think was very apt so he, he similarly holds a place in lots of hearts. He, he did look very emotional and I he think did. he probably had to check himself for a minute just when he got that reception you almost saw him sort of like take mm. five seconds and then sort of go into it when that it was lovely to see wonderful that. Wonderful though because a lot of people have gone inside and a lot of people aren't necessarily paying attention, but like you say, they notice that I, I can't remember if Ben Ben Haynes, who does the um, N17 Live, introduced him or just said, we're handing over to a special guest 
to talk to our special yeah. guests or something. It might have been something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. It was great. It was really good. And um, we will hopefully in the coming weeks be having Paul joining us for a oh. show as well, which will be absolutely fantastic. So massive thanks, Chris, for uh, sorting that out for us. That will be um, that will be brilliant to talk to him. You know, not only as like somebody that's really close to Spurs, but like as a fan as well. As it's just like I always love like when people associate with the club and work for the club it's obviously amazing to hear all the brilliant work they do i love hearing from them as the fan as well because like mm. that passion that just doesn't ever seem to die i just I, I find it amazing so we'll be having that for you in the coming weeks as well and that's something that we're all really looking forward to yeah. um let's talk let's talk about the game um for oh, it was it was tough and you know how you go to the game sometimes and especially a big derby and you get a you get a feeling and you think, oh, here we go. Something special is going to happen here. I didn't have that feeling at all <laughs> yesterday. I couldn't have been further from it. But I thought I'm going to get uh, in my head. I was like, I'm going to get over there nice and early. I'm going to have a few drinks before the game. And I'm going to try and enjoy it, even though I was part of me was sort of dreading the match because I thought that, you know, it wasn't going to be a good result for us. But I was like, I'm going to go enjoy the match day experience anyway. So I got over there nice and early, um, had a drink with... Uh, my dad was there, Steve Kelvin, who we used to sit with at the old ground. I met Jay, who hasn't been on the pod for quite a while, but I met him and his, his boy and we caught up. And you know what? It was great. It felt like proper football again. like And that thing of just like, you know, bumping into people and seeing friends, you know, the whole experience it brings. It was, it was brilliant. I, was, I felt really content, like before the game. Um, obviously, that all came crashing back down. Um, I think I might have a slightly different opinion to most people on the game. Because um, I, I know I did to my dad, who thought that we played really well in the first half. Um, I don't see it. If I'm, I see a lot of stuff on social media saying, oh, you know, that first half brings so much optimism. We had one shot on target. And I was a little bit like, if that if that is the level, then I am really, really worried. Honestly, I thought we were OK in the first half. I don't I didn't think we really did much. Created one opportunity. I was like, yeah, we nullified them to a certain extent. Although, I mean, they, they could have scored after about 30 seconds. Um, I just, I didn't think that we played anywhere near as well as what people were saying in the first half. Um, but you get in, uh, you know, 45 minutes at nil-nil and you're in the game. Regardless of how you've played, you're in the game at half-time at nil-nil. And you'd, if you'd have said to me before kickoff, we'll be level at half-time, I'd have thought, brilliant. You know, you've then got a chance. And the second half was just a complete capitulation, really, wasn't it? I mean... It's always frustrating when you can see from a set play for, at any level of football because it always feels avoidable. And that, mm. that's the thing with those type of goals. And that way, then you think, oh, right, it's just a case of, you know, stay in the game now for the next 15, 20 minutes. The, the second goal is, I mean, I thought it was incredibly unlucky. I know, obviously, you can you can pick at any goal that's ever been scored at football and find faults in the defence, like you can. And people saying, oh, Julio didn't get out quick enough. Like, you know, I thought we defended it funny. It took a deflection and gone in off the post. You can't really do much about it. Um, but what was really gutting for me was at 2-0, we didn't even have a five-minute spell where it looked like we were going to get back into it. Like, there wasn't any, and this is what worried me, there wasn't any intensity, like, with the ball, without the ball. There didn't seem to be any urgency to sort of, like, get at them. It, it was reflected in the. It was reflected in the crowd as well. The crowd was incredibly flat. Um, and I just think at 2-0, every single person at ground was like, yeah, game over. They are. I think it, it depends on what you expected from the game. The first half, 
I think Nuno set us up really well to nullify them, right? And this is a team who is who is who are challenging for the title against a team who are in a, a graphic, explicit rebuild. Like we're in a complete transition phase, and we're on different planets in what we're trying to achieve this season. We're, we're different teams. They are a complete team. They've been built on blood money, and that's just what they are. We sacked the best manager in a generation who knew it was time for a rebuild in 2019. I've got the quote in front of me. You know, uh, if you want, you know, it's that lovely house. If you want a lovely house, maybe you need better furniture and it depends on your budget. We need to be respectful. We are brave. We are clever, creative. Now it's about creating another chapter and have a clear idea of how we're going to build and to have a clear idea uh, how we're going to build that new project. We need to rebuild. It's going to be painful. That was in 2019. We started it this summer. We started it. We started to have the idea. We we know we need to create a midfield. We know blah, 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 blah. So what did we expect? We nullified the potential champions of Europe. The European champions, let's not forget, yeah. really, really well. We matched them person for person. They We... Sun was fouled in the box. Alonso pulled him back. That could have been a penalty, I thought. You know, we've seen him given. If that handball against Ben Davis was given, which was to the letter of the law, I think we could have had one from Alonso, which would have gone in because Kane was taking it. And then suddenly we've got a goal. I, it is bad, but it, this is who we are at the moment. Like, you know, the, yeah. the longer term trend, we're not creating chances. We're not dominating. We've scored one goal that's not from a set piece or maybe two. We scored three goals in five games. All of that. That's really bad. But for this game. I, I, I get what you're saying. And like my expectation was definitely not that we were going to. I didn't expect anything out of the game whatsoever. I thought no, no. they'd beat us by a couple of goals. But I just watch us at the minute. When we concede a goal, it's like it's over. That, like I just think if you score against us, like we're like looking around, being like, what do we do now? And it, it just the patterns of play going forward, honestly, they make me so worried just because I don't see anything. We'll talk about Kane in a minute, and I'd be really interested to get both of your views on him. Um, but for me, it's like you can lose a game of football. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely fine, and you and you will lose games over the course of a season. But there are certain ways to lose it, and I was just like at two 0 I was just like. We didn't we didn't create anything. There was no tempo. There was no press. There was like I was there with my dad and I said to him, I was like, if I was out there in the middle, like someone put a big tackle in, get booked, get the crowd up, like create some sort of energy and something. But it was just it looked like honestly, from two nil onwards, it was a training game for Chelsea. That really that really was the only player I thought that showed any kind of intensity was Skip. And he'd come on and he tried to sort of G the midfield. And put, but, you know, this is a 20-year-old kid that not even played 10 games in the Premier League. So it's like we can't be expecting a lot from him. Um, I was just, I left it just feeling really frustrated because if you get played off the pitch, I've got no issues with it. Um, and they're a better team than us. And of course, I expected them to, to win. But there were just certain elements that we just looked be, we looked beaten at 2-0. And how many games have we been all been to over the years where it only takes a moment in a game and you get one goal back or even just get an opportunity and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, maybe we are still it, and you never know. Um, but it just, I mean, Chelsea were just, they were too good. The catalyst was Kante, who can I say, what a player he is. Like, he is so good. I, I think it, he is one of the greatest players ever played in the Premier League. I really think he is that good. It's phenomenal how much better Chelsea were in the second half with him. Like, it was 
I could not believe the impact that he'd had. He is so, so good. He's a good player. I'm not sure I'd say he was one of the best players ever in the Premier League. But he did make a difference. Let me tell you how my day went. So, went to a 40th birthday party in the afternoon. Very nice. Happy birthday, they were Chris. Like, are you sure you want to go? Sorry. Nothing. <laughs> 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 he's brave, but he's not that brave. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> I can't do it back, ASD. Come on, that's ASD. To dare is to do. Come on. I just said happy birthday, Chris. That's oh, all. all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If only. It's <laughs> a long time ago. Um, so I went, to, you know, and they were all like, "Oh, do you have to go?" I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to the football. I've got to go and get my nephew." When I got my nephew, we talked a little bit. You know, we had a great chat in the car. I was feeling a little bit apprehensive, but you know what it's like. You get there and you're like, "Oh, this is going to be great." Walking down the high road, people are buzzing. Exactly what you just said there, Jack. You know, I will. We walk up. We walk up from the Seven Sisters end. So there's like a brilliant stall that serves Caribbean food with loads of music. Someone was like doing a bad like. MC over the over the you know over the amp it was brilliant so you know you get in there when I met some of the proud lady whites for the first time in ages people were there so it was good there was like a bit of a buzz whatever first half you're like oh this isn't bad actually but the thing that we were saying was what was weird about it was Sun and Kane looked to be in the wrong positions so why wasn't Sun on the like you know on the left drifting in being a bit of a ghost like he can be to make sure that like you can't pick him up and Kane's your target because, you know, Sonny being your target, he wants to play on the, on the shoulder of the defender. doesn't want to be the target. So, and then actually when we switched that around in the second half, Kane did have a shot on goal, but the problem was they brought on Kante. They had a better, you know, that was a much better option and the game did change. You know, even though you could say, you could also argue it's like, Oh, it was a header. Oh, it was a deflection, but the game changed. And at 2-0, you're absolutely right, Jack. All we were saying was, all I can see is a third goal. Mm. In fact, I thought it was going to be Lukaku. That was the only thing that was different, was I thought Lukaku would probably score the third goal. So, and that was, and and again, yes, you're absolutely right. It didn't look like we had much of a plan. But I saw a a really good tweet from a guy called underscore Chris 2021, not my... uh, not a pseudonym of mine, just saying (laughs) fans asking for Nuno to be sacked after five league games should take a long, hard look at themselves. We're in a period of transition. Building a successful time side takes time. Just ask Poch. The target for this season should be top six and to try and win any trophy. I mean, top six and any trophy, I think, would be amazing. Yeah, that would be an overachievement. (laughs) Well, Ferguson took ages to get it right. Like, it... But yeah, anyone asking for him to be sacked now is is idiotic. I mean, it it's a painful rebuild. It'll take. I'm I'm not having that. It, it, and I'm it's... just not into the moaning as well. It's like, nah. you know what? Football's not all about winning. Of course, you want to make sure because we get charged a lot of money as well, and so you want to see some some translation of that. But nonetheless, yeah, although having said stuff. that, I saw a great stat today about um about expenditure. Yeah, I'm just gonna find it. One That's where sec. you find that, like. The new the people are saying Nuno should go. Like, what Man. is wrong with these people? It's like I just don't understand it. It's like anyway, I, I found a real zen with Spurs this season, and it's like I'm calm because my ex, I don't have expectations. Like, I don't think that we'll have an amazing. For me, it's just about like being able to go back to football, enjoying that. Hopefully, seeing some of the youngsters play, you know, a, a decent amount of the season. It's like I don't have any expectations this year. So when we lose. I'm not going to be as frustrated as maybe I was under yeah. Jose and 
pots towards the end because I don't have the expectation. It's like we've got Villa at home, I think, next. I probably expect a draw out of that game. It's like normally if we don't win that 2-3-0, I'd be like, oh, like what's happened there? Um, go on, I mean, Chris, I, but I also think just on, you know, not to kind of bang on about Jose, but he set us back. It was a terrible appointment. It's a terrible appointment because you rip the heart out of something. Yes, you can rebuild the heart. We've got great technology now that rebuilds your heart, but it takes more time than if you'd kind of carefully replaced it. So even someone like Ralph Hasenhutl, and I know it's not just about going and raiding Southampton for managers, but at least philosophically, you're on the same ballpark. Or even like Nuno, to be fair, in terms of what he was doing at Wolves before, going from Poch to Nuno, if you're going to do it, but I think the thing was, was because we'd just been in the Champions League final, it was like, oh, no, you've got to go box office. So you go box office and look at what's happened. Anyway, Premier League net spend since summer 2014. Manchester City, 518 million. Manchester United, 466 million. One outlier, Chelsea. Uh, sorry, one outlier, Arsenal, 225 million. Um, Chelsea, 200 million. Liverpool, 183 million. Tottenham, have a guess. Net spend since 2014. What was the last number that you just read so, out there? No, but this is a bit of a jump. Like, so there's a whole table. I think it's going to be really low, like, like low double figures. If if that, like, I'd have said maybe like seven, 60, 70. No, I think it'll be like 20, like 18 or 28 or something like that. 29 million ASD. Well done. Yeah. Um, 29 million pound net spend from Man Manchester City 518, and then Liverpool 183. That's a huge difference. And we've built a stadium as part of that. Like yeah. so the, the net spend included stadia is 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 in the minus that's a billion. Probably only that's probably players. I can't imagine that includes the build of the That's stadium. what I'm saying. If you yeah. added a stadium. The, ma- the mad thing on top of all of that is as well that that window, hundred and forty million on Undumbele, Lo Celso, Cessignon and Clark, and we're not got a player out of those four, we've not got one established player from that out of 140, 150 million. And like those those stats you just read out, yeah, that's very telling. But for me, like when we did go for it, we just got it so wrong, so so wrong. And it's sort of like the couple of times where we have gone gone big in windows, just not worked. Do you think Endombele is irredeemable? I'm not sure if I'm totally honest. Uh, and I think I've said so many times about Endombele that he is one of the most talented players I've seen on a football pitch. But he does stuff. He, he does the wrong thing in the wrong area of the pitch, and it's like I see people around me like applauding bits of play and it's like it's an incredible bit of skill and vision that you've just done but ultimately like it's not got us anywhere it's like where he's amazing is in the opposition half and playing balls in behind and like those killer he's incredible at that but we he's never in that area of the pitch and he's always doing stuff like on the halfway line just inside our half and it's like incredible skill what you've just done but sometimes like I watched Hoybio play and I've not seen Hoybio live many times because obviously of lockdown what a player he is. Yeah, he is yeah. so good. At, and he does the simple, obviously he's a ball winner and he's a leader and he's got the aggression. He Technically, he is fantastic. And he takes the ball on the half turn from full backs as good as I've seen any midfielder for Spurs, honestly. And he's like, his 15-yard passes through the lines. Like, that's effective midfield play. And you would never say that Hoiberg is a more talented midfielder than Undembele. But I think he makes much better decisions than him. And he knows when to go short, when to go, when to take the risk. And I watch Ndombele and I just think, oh, like, I just don't think that he, he can read the game whatsoever. It's one of those ones, isn't it, where you talk about behaviour, about 
we, we've seen what his behavior is like and he, he's up for it for 60 minutes and you really do feel like he, he does it and when he gets a bit bored he, he sort of moves on uh, the thing that i get frustrated the, the, my biggest bugbear sorry Steve, with Ndombele, is that people brand him lazy and i don't agree with that whatsoever because he doesn't i can't remember many times where i've watched him where he hasn't tracked back or he hasn't tried obviously i'm sure there's someone out there that can dig up clips of him not making a defensive sprint but like any you could find that about any player right but I don't like the fact that he's labelled that he's lazy because ju- I'm just not having that. I think he plays with such intensity, like mm. everything he does is 100 mile an hour. To be able to do that over 90 minutes well, if he... twice a week, I don't think sustainable. But then that's where, from from his point of view, like manage the game, manage what, make the right decisions, and it's like that's where I think he falls short. If you uh, you've, you see Messi, like you, I'm not saying he's Messi. If you watch Messi, you watch Donri, like Messi walks in a very small circle for most of the game and then he's on it. But obviously he's, he's slightly more effective. Uh, I, Chelsea, I don't know why Delhi was marking Thiago Silva, who's one of the greatest players I've ever seen play. Like he's one of the greatest defenders I've ever seen play. He was amazing for Milan. He was amazing for PSG. And now he's just doing a perfect job for Chelsea. Great. All respect to him. Rudiger's a great player. Are they, they're just full of great players. Like, whatever. I'm more irritated by the Wren's result. Let's move. Let's talk about Wren. Like, I was... The team we put out against Wren, like, Galini, Doherty, Tanganga, Rodon, Davis, Brian, Skip, Endombele, Mora, Kane, Bergvine is enough to beat that team. And that's, I don't know... That's, that's, that's us near enough at full strength at the moment. Like, I... You maybe swap Doherty... And maybe Rodon isn't a first start. And you'd maybe... have Hoybjerg from the start. But and, in... and Galini, you wouldn't start Galini. So actually, it's but, probably half. I think yeah. the fact that you had Kane and Bergvine in there is the reason why people thought it was. It felt like it felt like the first team. But regardless of that, I don't know much about Wren. I and mean, they didn't look bad on the night. But yes, we should have beaten them. And to capitulate in that fashion, like I was just like, I, I was just rolling my eyes by the end of it. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know too much about Ren either, but they were obviously during the game they were talking about how they are like the the side for French academy football, and they were listing off the players that have come through the Ren academy. I couldn't believe it. There's like they sort of went for about a dozen like top players that have come through there. So it's like actually I quite like Ren now because of that. I didn't yeah. really know too much about them, but like them sort of being that club that produced the young players like flirt with Europe and sometimes in the Champions League, sometimes not. Their players then go on and do because like I've got quite a lot of respect for them. But I mean the worrying thing for me is we shipped three against Palace, three against Chelsea, two against Wren. And in all of those games, I don't think the opposition have really scored a good goal. And by that I mean they haven't had to carve us open or or there's not had to be a moment of absolute brilliance where someone's beaten three men. It's like it's fairly routine balls in the channel, balls in the box, balls in behind and we can't really deal with it. And yeah. that, that's what that's what worries me. Yeah. Um, the weird thing, just going back to Chelsea quickly, I thought Dyer and Romero played well against Lukaku. Mm. And sort of like, I yeah. thought they actually dealt with him pretty well. They didn't, I thought Dyer especially, and that was, uh, the centre-backs against Lukaku worried me because I thought they're going to try and fight him. And if you try and fight Lukaku, game mm. over. Yeah. Like There aren't many centre-backs in the world that will be able to go toe-to-toe with him what is he about six four six five? He's as strong as anything. He's quick. Like if you get into a physical battle, he's going to beat most of you. You probably say maybe only Van Dijk is sort of the type of defender, and maybe a Ramos that could oh, cope, that could cope with that. Um, but what I loved about Romero and Dyer's approach, they were tough and physical, but they parked their ego and they sort of said, if the ball's going into his chest, 
I can't do anything about that. Like, if I try and fight him, he's going to roll me. So we'll sort of let him have it. Hoybjerg did a really good job at screening to stop that ball in. And I felt we really sort of reduced his impact on the game. We still, we still lost the game 3-0. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's so strange. But this is what I'm talking about is, like, in the individual battles in the first half, we did really well. Like, Kane dropping with Lo Celso just nullified the game. And when they changed up a half-time you know, Don made a good point where you're saying, like, look, the goals came from a defensive midfielder and two defenders because their attack was good. You know, we we had them down and then they just piled through and Delhi Mark and Thiago Silva wasn't right. And that technically, I think they, they beat us tactically, which, you know, we would have expected that they, they know that team. They just added to an already good team. But hey. Talking of the outlaws, as I like now like to call them, Romero looks like a player. He really does. Um, I still don't understand the point of Lo Celso. I don't know uh, if that's a controversial thing to say. Don't get I, it. I really don't like him. I, there's something in him where he can take a ball and he can run. He's a little bit more forward. We just don't see it consistently enough. And he's he's had his time now, I feel. you know. I, just, like, I don't know where he plays. Yeah. Like, I don't. He'd be, if, he, he'd be, he's a five-a-side player for me. Like He'd be brilliant. Small side. I bet in training, he's unbelievable. I just I don't know what he played. He played part of the front three didn't the weekend. We've seen him play out wide. We've seen him play centre midfield, and I just can't remember a game where he's where he's been quality. Like he's had moments, but I can't really remember him just controlling a game and winning a game from midfield. And we're talking about Kante, and he played forty five minutes. So he absolutely run the show. Yeah. It's like I look at Lacelso, I look at Undembele, and I'm just like I just don't see them dominating games, and it's like. Games are one lost in the centre of the park and we just don't seem to have anybody that can influence matches enough in there for me. Is this just because he plays really well for the national team? Is this more of just a, we spursed him rather than <laughs> this is a, do you know? Like Kane's quality will always shine through. You know, it, it it's just one of those, it's just a system thing. We, our system doesn't seem to, we, we've got a lot of players who don't seem to fit systems. Ndombele, where does he play? Delhi, where does he play? You know, the, uh, Bergwijn, where does he play? There might be, if you did a 4-4-2 with Bergvine out wide with the Celso in the middle with a skipper or Hoiberg and then Brian or someone or son on the left with Kane and Delhi behind him, that might be amazing. You know, suddenly it feels like they they, they might fit in more. But I've, Just on, you're saying 4-4-2 there. I'm I, not saying I, I want was, it. I, no, I was staggered. I was staggered at 1-0 that we didn't go to it. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I was watching it. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm very basic with what I can see tactically in a football game. But... It was so obvious to me that we just needed two banks of four just for 15 minutes because we were having overloads against us in the wide areas. On, on all they were doing was they'd get it out to Azpilicueta. If they couldn't play forward, they went back to Kante, switched it, and had another overload on the other side. And we were getting really caught out. And I just thought going to a 4-4-2 just for 10, 15 minutes seemed like a really logical move to me. And then I think that they were thinking about how can we change it? And then bang, it went 2-0. And then you're like, oh, we're, out. we're probably out of the game now. I wanted to talk about Harry Kane. Right. What did we make of not only his performance, his body language, his general sort of persona, because he it did not look like Harry Kane for me in that game. Like, And I was at the Europa League game, I don't know, maybe three, four weeks ago, where he scored two at home in the second leg of the qualification match. And even then, it didn't have the same kind of I can't even really I can't describe it. It just doesn't seem like it's the same. It seems like we've got a Harry Kane lookalike that's playing and the persona is just not there anymore. And it really, really worried me. It's a derby against Chelsea. 
you know, his goal scoring record in the derbies is normally, and he's normally sort of really up for it. Just didn't seem like the same guy at all. It'd be interesting to see what he's like at the Emirates at the weekend, because I think you're absolutely right, Jack. There was something's not, it just doesn't look right. And that's no good considering he's England captain and he obviously wants away. Now, if you want away, you've still got to perform because, you know, what's going to happen? Someone's got to come and make an enormous bid for you. And he just look he looks out of sorts. He looks like he's not really bothered. I don't know what kind of leadership that is because he's still up for being the leader on the pitch from what, you know, if there's any kind of melee as there was, I can't remember which game it was. I think it was one of, I think it was Wren. You know, he was the first person that was in there trying to kind of broker the piece, which is fine. But actually, he's got to look like he wants to play. And, and you know, and he's got a lot of personal pride by all accounts. And, you know, wanting to make personal achievements. We've been talking about Jimmy Greaves. And one of the things that a lot of people were talking about, about him not leaving Spurs because he wanted to make, he wanted to like, make that record and stuff. He doesn't look like he's going to score... 15 goals this season in the Premier League if he's not careful you know apart from the fact that there's not much creativity so you know if there isn't much creativity he's gonna have to create some of it himself and I know he dropped deep and he was doing his work and all the rest of it but he didn't look like a leader on the pitch he didn't look like a man who's saying I'm gonna take this game by the scruff of the neck because I'm Harry Kane and I'm the best player in the country even for himself like forget Spurs for a second. This is your showcase now. And we've heard all these stories about his dedication and his and the fact that he's got a will to win and a single mindedness. Where is it? That's not what I'm that's not what I've seen. I'm yeah, frustrated I, by him, to I, be fair. I, I, what yeah. I thought was really strange is he, he, he has those games every now and then, right, where he is not quite on it. But he still has two or three moments in the game. And you think, oh, what a bit of play that was. Yeah, he, t- he he didn't have anything against Chelsea or against Palace, and like that's what worries me. Like I I don't know. It's like you're so right, Chris, with what you say. He's still got two years after this year on his mm-hmm. contract. It's mm-hmm. like, and if he doesn't play well, no one's going to come in. So it just is it, very strange. And I think Nuno's in a really difficult position because I mean you'd think logically he's got to be he's got you know he has to play against Arsenal because his record against Arsenal is, is phenomenal. But if he has another one of those type of performances, like you then scratch around thinking, you know, does does he have to be strong and be like, I'm not going to play you? He has to do that because he's got a professional who isn't performing. And like he's at a point in his career now where injuries are catching up with him. He hasn't got he he struggled with pace in the early part. Then he got a bit quicker as he got fitter and stronger. And now he's just a bit broken, a bit like it reminds me a little bit of Torres is the end of his time at Liverpool. And they managed to sell him to Chelsea when he was broken. because they didn't do a, they didn't do a medical because his last day and they rushed it through. And it just feels like, it feels like he's old. It feels like he's 33. You yeah. have a look at what Lewandowski is doing now. And Lewandowski just looks like he's going to play for another 40 years. Kane looks like he's, he's, approaching the end that he might go you know he might go and play for his local team for a few more years and then retire like it just it's there's something that's gone there's that that the speed of thought and it like I've been trying to think you you think back to that season where he scored what eight hat tricks in the calendar year and he scored Mm. all those like that when he, he peaked then and that that was the Wembley season and but after since then, I know he was the top scorer in the Premier League, and I know he he was the greatest assist maker. But it 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 still felt despite a lot of the performances because there weren't great many great performances. There were great moments last year, 
where but he had to because he was the only place where our goals are coming from yeah. like and it i'm i'm just frustrated and i'm a bit bored by him like it strikes you, me as well as it doesn't strike much at the moment does he as, um, hey! <laughs> um, as somebody that is in is in their place of work they're going for a promotion or whatever yeah. and they don't get it and then they just sulk and then they just plateau and just perform averagely until an external offer comes in that's probably no better than what actually they're already doing and then they go and it just doesn't quite happen that's what it feels like to me watching it like and it's like we you know we've all we all work in business or worked in businesses where you see that stuff happen all the time and that person just sort of plods along isn't what they once were and it has a bit of an impact on the rest of the team and I'm just that that's my biggest worry with it is that this is the he's the guy isn't he you know he's, he's, he's Harry Hotspur do you know what I mean he's, he's he's the face of Tottenham Hotspur and it's like if he doesn't want to be there and he's the one up front he's setting the tempo he's the one we all look to you know it'd be a little bit easier if he was a left back you know and he wasn't quite as influential but he's the most influential player we have and like I don't know, it just felt a little bit broken to me the last couple of times I've watched him. And uh, I just, I really hope that he's just not quite fit yet or he's carrying a bit of an injury or whatever it is. And, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we see him pick up because if he doesn't, we're in we're, we're in trouble. Because also the effect on the rest of the team as well, exactly as you've yeah. just said. If you're that and you're, you are the talisman and your just head's a bit down and you've lost faith and belief... Then you know what's it gonna, it's going to take. It's going to take Hoybier. It's going to take you know. Apparently Hugo's a good talker in the dressing room by all accounts. Mm. But nonetheless, sorry ASD. No, no, I imagine he's a bit like Pepe Le Pew, you know, just coming in and sweet talking everyone and his nice French accent. But the um, I drop him. Just let him know he's not untouchable and say, look, Brian, you're coming in. Son's going up front. Brian goes amazing. I, I've earned I love this. Brian. Yeah, I love Brian, and like that—that's what we need. It's painful. It's painful for a reason. Kane forces us to play in a very specific way. He's not as flexible in his style as Son or a few other players, you know. And no one's untouchable. There's no player bigger than the club. Obviously, we love him. Blah blah blah. But I don't know. He—he's if if we had bought him, if this was Soldado, he wouldn't be playing right now after these performances, you know. I know. I I think the other thing as well is where we haven't got. we haven't got an, any idea about what we're doing going forward still, and we haven't for the last two yeah, yeah. years, um, is what one thing that we do possess with Mora, Sun and Bergwijn is pace. Mm. And you think if, we, if we're not finding a way at the moment to create stuff, then maybe we go and we'll, we'll become a bit more of a counter-attack counter team yeah, for yeah. the next few weeks. And that is a weapon that we do have, is pace in that front three. Um, so maybe we look at doing something like that. I, I'm not sure. I just, I just really hope that it's all right with Kane because you know he's been such an incredible player for us, one of the greatest, if not the greatest player we've ever had. Right and on. it just feels like it's, you know what I mean, just not gonna. You know, it just doesn't feel the same anymore as a fan. You know, it just doesn't. And it's like it I always sort of saw him as this godlike striker, but like now he just seems like another one of the team. That's it. He's, he, you've met your hero. You've seen what he's he's lifted the skirt a little bit, and he's he's just a person who is yeah. But let's see, let's see. Drop him. I, and let's I think see. it's one of those things where if he suddenly goes on a really good run, scores an absolute banger on at the weekend, all the rest of it, you know. But you know, I don't think there's any harm in seeing sort of you know the feet of clay of our heroes, as we've just said, you know. So 
that is a much better way of putting it. Yeah, I thought I'd way. just say that nicely, um, ASD, yeah. without actually calling it out, you know. <laughs> um, let's talk about the games we've got this week, because we are playing twice this week. Um, we're at Wolves Wednesday night um, for the Cup, which is <laughs> both of you just pulling a very, very similar expression. Um, I mean, it's going to be tough. We we beat Wolves a few weeks ago when we, when we played them, despite getting outplayed and, and battered for large periods. Um, and then at the weekend, it's a big one. Arsenal away on Sunday at 4.30. It doesn't get much bigger than that. You know, I know Arsenal are dreadful. Um, we're not much better. North London derby for any Spurs or Arsenal fan is the first fixture that you look for when they're released. And it's like, I can't wait for it. I'm dreading it. I'm excited. I, part of me is like, what an opportunity for us to bounce back, go there and win. And do you know what I mean? That will sort of solve. It will feel like everything's solved. On the flip side, we've won there once. We've won at the Emirates once in the Premier League. So can we go there and win? I don't know. How mad is that? How mad is that? Uh, we've got to That's win that. That's the power of the derby, ASD. Like even when Arsenal were unreal and we were dreadful, they didn't get many wins at White Hart Lane. I know yeah, that a lot yeah, of the time it was just no, but they didn't get many wins there just because it's the derby. You forget all form. It, it's the weirdest thing. It's like the form goes out the window and then it resumes afterwards. If they're in an awful time, they'll beat us and then they'll go back to being awful, you know, and it vice versa. Mm. Uh, but we're both awful at the moment. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen. We're not great at their place, to be fair. No. But again, you just want to see some like exceptional individual performances. And Harry Kane has got a good record against them, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Hasn't he yeah. scored more goals in the North London derby than anyone? Yeah, he has. He's just beaten so, Henri, didn't he, in his last... Um... That's yeah. it. So, so you know, that's the thing, you know, like, a lot will be forgiven if he manages to, if he does something beautiful on Sunday. What, what do we think about Wolves, firstly? Do you give us, do you think we'll get through that game? No. <laughs> I think we could. I think, I think I think the thing you need to do against Wolves is, is not play, is not play Kane mm. and figure out what you're going to do instead i think the worry is that i don't know whether luke you know you know i'm not a big fan of lucas but you were just talking about the pace of lucas and, and bergvine well bergvine i saw today is wearing one of those boots yeah, he's out. and i don't know where you know lucas obviously came off against wren and it wasn't on the wasn't on the bench yesterday mm. Mm. so there's a that's a concern that is and a, sun's only just come back so you'd think like with arsenal on the horizon do you want to risk risk sun in the week like yeah. it's, a, it's 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 difficult isn't it you can't you can't see sun and kane playing 90 in both games no. yeah. so you, you sort of got to be like does he say i'm going to play neither of you on wednesday and save you for or it's really it's where i don't envy nuno at all because if he gets it wrong he'll be absolutely slated play the kids play the kids like yeah, we saw the, the ren go the all out don't get injuries for the main team. Concentrate on the Premier League because we don't want to be in the Europa League or the Europa Conference League. Prioritise the Premier League. Get fourth. It's going to be a nightmare. Get as high as you can in the Premier League. Do it that way. Wolves will probably put out a weakened team as well because yeah. they need to concentrate. So actually, They're, we may they have... are struggling in the league walls as well at the minute. Brentford beat them. Was it two 0 at the weekend? Yeah. Brentford are a decent team. Brentford are going to give us a really good game. Like they're yeah. the team, them, Leicester, Villa, Everton. They're the ones where we can't lose, but it's going to be a real, real yeah. difficult game. Um, I agree. I think they'll come out weakened as well. And so I want to see a team where you kind of say to Dane Scarlett, you're the main man. It. You might be 17, but you're the main man tonight. Yeah, yeah. And I want to see goals from you because 
You never know what's going to happen. And there aren't any, there's no other out and out strikers in our squad. So if you're Dane Scarlett, that's the opportunity you're going to take. And why not? Yeah, and, and then what, what, what do you give us at Arsenal at the weekend? What, what are your win. thoughts going into that? You think we'll win? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm very confident sure. of that. But the, the Wolves, just quickly, like their lineup. If you take, if you take, uh, maybe well, not even Jimenez. If you take Traore out there, there's a real. I know they've got Martinho, Neves, and Jimenez, but I, I think I just, they've got good central midfielders. I think decent. Martinho and, and Neves are good central midfielders. But I agree with you. The rest of their side, like. Cody is all right at the back. Bolly's yeah. all right at the back, but they're all right. Do you know what I mean? It's just if Martinho, Neves, Jimenez, and Traore has one of his decent games, like they can, they po- they do yeah. pose a bit of a threat going forward. Yeah, and then on Arsenal, I mean, I'm looking at this the team from the weekend. Aubameyang, I mean, he's all right when he wants to be, but but you got Ramsdale at the back, okay. Tomiyasu, brand new starter, like who who knows? We wanted him, but good luck to him. Ben White, Gabriel Tierney, we can get at them. Partey, Smith Rowe, Odegaard, Saka, Pepe. I, there's gaps all over the place. I, I I think they're beatable. I really, really, really think they're beatable. I think we I think we can shut them out completely, and I think we can catch them on the break and beat them. I I really see a win. I hope I really hope you're right. And on paper, I know we're not great, but that Arsenal team is shocking. Like is absolutely shocking. But how many times have we seen a derby where, where like, do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean anything. And I don't know. I just the away game for me is so tough because we've just got so little wins there that I think a draw is probably what I imagine to happen at the weekend, which wouldn't be disastrous just because we're playing Arsenal. Um but we need a win. Do you know what I mean? We need two wins this week, like desperately. Like if we lost, if we get knocked out of Wolves and then lose at Arsenal, you know, That's like nice. all of a sudden it's looking like he's looking tough. But then two wins this week is like, oh, it's all it's all roses again. Can I say what? I'm getting a little bit annoyed that Parad- the Paratici or whatever his name is and Hitchin, like the video of them at the side screaming and shouting on their phone all the time. You're at the game. Get off your phone. Like nothing's going to change in an hour and a half. Do your business outside that. How are you getting reception in there anyway? And like, <laughs> that's that's not your job. Like, have some have some respect for the manager and like. It's, yeah, it's I don't bit, like it either. It's it like, you know what? Match days. Yeah, it's very performative. It's like match day. It's not down to you to be screaming oh. instructions, mate. Sit in the stand. If you need to be on your phone, go down the tunnel. Yeah, Do it yeah. quietly. Don't get in anyone's way. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about him I'm not sure about. Yeah. There's something. A bit know. Mourinho-like, isn't it? It feels a bit Jose Mendes. It's a bit me. Yeah. Me the yeah, brand. Yeah. So. Um, have you got a quiz for us, ASD, this week? I didn't. I was about to do one, but I didn't do one, I'm afraid. I, uh, soz. We'll do any other business. Um, anything else that either of you would like to chat about before we wrap up? First game at the Hive on Sunday. I had a big decision to make. The Spurs Spurs women are playing Reading. And um, it, there's only half an hour between games, so I wouldn't be able to get from Edgware to the Emirates. So the men's team have won. However, the other exciting thing is next Wednesday is the quarterfinal of the 2021 Women's FA Cup because they suspended it all uh, yeah. and we're still in it. And it's the quarter final, which I think is probably the furthest we've ever got. And we're playing Arsenal. Okay, that sounds great. So Where? actually, that'll be really good fun. I think it's a Boreham Wood. Okay. 
So we're going to, you know, there's a few of us going to Boreham Wood. It's a midweek game on the 29th. Uh, it would have been Monica, my late wife's birthday on the 29th. And once upon a time, she played for Spurs. So it's a nice thing to be doing on that on that day. Um, so, you know, you know what? Like, it's a funny old game. Spurs, the Spurs women's team probably shouldn't have beaten Man City when they beat them. In that, you know, and so there's that belief there. Anything can there's, happen. Anything and, you know, it's can a happen. cup game and all the rest of it. So that's exciting. So, yeah, it's good to be back at the Hive, even though I'm not going to make it. And so, uh, you know, I think there's some interesting things afoot with the Spurs women's team. So 100%. watch out for that. I just, avoid, just, uh, just people avoid social media. Just watch games with your mates. Just mm-hmm. avoid, yeah. like, because people are using it to vent. It's not necessarily what they mean. You know, they're, they're put, putting their anger out there. Don't react to it. And especially not with Chelsea. They are. It's a horrible game. The atmosphere is horrible. Forget, just, just enjoy Spurs. Like, if you ignore the success under Pochettino, we've always been a bit like this, you know. Like this is this is what it was like under AVB. Not particularly attacking, quite defensive, not fin- finishing highly. I, I just enjoy just enjoy Tottenham for what it is, and just don't don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> just chill out. Yeah, I mean, as I I've sort of said this on a WhatsApp group today. It's like football isn't just about football. Yeah, and it's certainly not just about results. You know, one of well, the highlights of my week, regardless of what happens, is that talking to you two about this. Yeah, so, like... Apart from the fact that it's a great bit of therapy, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's football that's, that, that enables us to have this conversation where we do both football analysis. We talk about things that are going on in the world. We talk about our views on people that we've never met, nor are we going to meet just based on how they move around a football pitch and the occasional soundbite that they've been drilled into them for the, within an inch of their lives. But that's great. And when we're lucky, Chris, ASD shows us his pants before we start recording. <laughs> so, hey, they're good um, pants. Are we going to give any more context to that? Or are we just going to say, I, I just think, want to be clear, they were out of a packet. He wasn't wearing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they're, they're socially responsible pants as well. So uh, yeah, absolutely, that's all good. Um, just a just a quick update as well on uh, everyone's favourite topic, which is of course fantasy football. Can I just say Aww. I hate fantasy football. Like I haven't done it for years, and I'm back on it now. I just hate it. I really I think, hate it. But then I think that's probably because you're doing so bad. If I you were top, you'd be loving badly, it. Badly, it's an adverb, please. If you're <laughs> going to be a dick, <laughs> um, <laughs> Nicholas Wenzel. He's loving it because he's top 394 points already. He's on. Um, Roger Booth in second. Um, Johnny Weller in third. Also, Johnny Weller's team name is always Sunny. Love it. Like that deserves, for me, that's 50 points more that you should get at the end of the season. Um, but they're just absolutely racking the points up already. Um, so fair play to those three who are at the top of the league at the I minute. I need to make pay more attention, I think, but I'm not going to. So it's always going to be terrible. Do you know what? I think I'm trying. I think I'm the second last in our group. You, you're, as to your second bottom in the whole yeah, league. That's what I'm saying. Am I so, above uh, you, Jack? Um, At least. No. I, I'm, I'm, I've done all right the last couple of weeks. I'm, oh, I'm, no, I'm in 10th right. now. I don't think you are, Chris. Nowhere near. But, um, no, I mean, those, those, you. those people at the top are running away with it already. So, uh, yeah, good luck to those three. Um, so that's the fantasy football update for this week. Um, look, it's going to be another big week. Let's hope when we're catching up in a week's time or a week in a bit's time, we're through in the cup, victorious in the North London derby. Who knows what these next couple of games are going to bring? But of course, whatever does happen, the future's bright and the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. 
I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.